Welcome to the Restore Church Sermons Podcast. We're so glad you joined us here today. We hope that through this message, you are encouraged, challenged, and strengthened. If you want to know more about Jesus, Restore Church, or have any questions, please head to restorechurch.com.au. I'm going to be interviewing Craig and Kathy. So come on up, guys. Give them a, give them a warm welcome. You guys could make yourselves comfortable over there and I will interview you from a respectable social distance. Um, you know, we've, the reason I like to do these things occasionally to get people in and to interview them um, is one, so that of course you can get to know some people here, but secondly, I think one of the most powerful ways um, sometimes God drops some truth on us is it's, it's wrapped in someone's story, you know? And you, you hear real life and real faith interfacing and what it meant for a couple of people. And whilst their story may not be exactly your story, there's always something in it for us. There's something to be encouraged. And this is why we share testimonies and interviews, because in other people's stories, I'm hoping and praying, particularly today, um, you will hear something that will God, through which um, God will speak to you and it will be very encouraging for you. So thank you guys for coming along to do this. Um, do you want to grab your microphone? You may need to turn it on just to make sure that it's all ready to go. And I will just find my question. It's not recognising my face. That tells you something, doesn't it? Anyone else have that problem? I go to open my phone in the morning and it's like, I don't know who you are <laughs> because I'm so puffy and swollen from the sleep. Um, anyway, yeah, I like to think that it's because I've lost so much weight or something, but that's not the case. Um, Anyway, um, look, Craig and Kathy, I've known these guys for a while, different periods of time. Craig I've known for since 1990, so that's dating us, isn't it? Uh, Craig was four years, three years ahead of me at Theological College um, and then was part of our church out at Quakers Hill. And Kathy I've known since I, I came here. And uh, I've had the privilege of, of sort of tracking with them and hearing their story, and I think it's really one worth hearing this morning. So... So I asked you guys if you could sum up a theme in your story to sort of give it a headline um, and what would it be? And you came back with this, hearing God's voice in the darkness. Do you want to elaborate on on why you feel this sums up your stories? Can you turn it on, Craig? Just flick the switch up. No, in the middle. That's the one. There you go. Technically challenged. <laughs> Technologically challenged. I'm going to do it all by memes tonight. Uh, yeah, um, hearing God's voice yeah, in the darkness, uh, well, it was very instrumental what God said to me over, over this uh, period of time and the story we're going to share to the extent that um, I would, we wouldn't be here talking about this story if I didn't hear the things that I needed to hear and uh, correct me from the things that I would have done for myself but... He steered me another way. So, so he said, also, it's God knows best. So hearing God's voice in darkness and God knows best. Yeah, yeah same for me. I think um, it was about God teaching me to listen to him, to wait on him, and to not always be pushing my agenda, but to wait and listen for him. And we also had, yeah, we also had hashtag God knows best, and we had hashtag awkward, which when two people at our age find themselves single... It is awkward by definition. So you'll hear me, you'll hear me throughout say hashtag awkward. So that's why. Um, yeah, so look, you've, you've both got a story there. Um, both kind of a bit dark in their own ways. 
So do you want to tell us a little bit about, for both of you, what was going on and why this is called Hearing God's Voice in the Darkness? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I was um, married in my, my uh, first wife for about 30 years and um, uh, she became um, sick. We found out a diagnosis that um, she had an aneurysm in the brain and uh, so uh, she got uh, an operation for that. Um, we were all, you know, scared, didn't know what was going to happen. That was very um, uh, difficult time in itself. And then, but we, you know, we had a lot of people praying for us and we thought, ah, oh, you know, it, it'll all come good, it'll all work out. And, but she was going backwards and forwards to the hospital over the three months unexpectedly um, because they thought they'd fixed everything and, and had managed to contain the... The issue and um, so uh, and then just uh, one day she just passed away suddenly and and so even though we knew and we knew that she had an aneurysm and it was near the brain um, we just never really contemplated that it would lead to her passing away so uh, I was just in shock really probably shocked for about six weeks before sadness kicked in so uh, I'm just walking around like a zombie you know going to work um, don't know anything, <laughs> don't ask me anything, uh, just too much uh, emotion, too much, um, uh, just overwhelmed really with emotion and uh, also just really numb at times, just not feeling anything uh, and then after, after say like six, seven weeks started to feel the real intense sadness about that. But, but during that time God had said, um, uh, just in the midst of all that, after, or only after a couple of weeks after she passed away. There's a future and a hope. And I took great encouragement from that because that's God saying back to me, his own scripture in Jeremiah, that there's a future and a hope. So that was um, really a comfort because uh, on, those, on those bad days, I'm thinking, well, you know, that's today, but someday in the future, whenever that is, I won't feel like this. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, there was the other su surprising thing he did in that time was uh, after about seven weeks, um, he said, sell the house. And, and I know full well you shouldn't, you know, do anything major <laughs> after that for a couple of years. But, um, you know, I said, I said to God, you, you've got to be kidding, you know. Like, all I want to do is sit in my chair. I'm, I'm a person who tends to withdraw, so I'm just on there on my own and going, you know, that's just crazy. But I really, you know, felt that God was saying that. So I said, well, God, you're going to have to do the heavy lifting. If, you want, if this is going to happen, you're going to have to do the work because I've, you know, I've got nothing. And I talked to this agent and, that, that we had known and, and even bought the house off a long time ago. And, and he was just so helpful. He had, you know, this person come and fix this thing and fix that thing and style the house and do the marketing. Within two weeks, it was on the market and four hours after the open house I was signing a contract. It was just amazing. And of which I wouldn't have been able to do any of that and um, because I was not in any state to do anything, really. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's a, yeah, a bit about the story. I'll, I'll pass on to Cathy. Yeah, um, yeah uh, similar to Craig, I've been married for a very long time, over 30 years. Uh, a lot of you know my story, a lot of highs and lows there. I've, I've been coming to this church for 28 years, be 28 years in Easter, so some of you, some of you know. But there was a low point, uh, sort of end of 2016, I came home from work one day, and uh, about 60, 70% of my house furnishings were gone, the furniture was gone, the 
artwork was gone, and the husband was gone. So um, yeah, there was a huge amount of shock and grief. And over the next few weeks, when I realised, well, you know, this time this was it. You know, it was that was pretty final. Uh, yeah, I found myself in a really horrible place. It was the loss and the grief and the shock, as I said, but there was also a real pain. There was a rejection, and that really hurt. And you know, what what was my role in that? There was a real angst about that. There was uncertainty. Was it going to stay like that? Was it going to reconcile? You know, it was all this uncertainty. And I guess overwhelmingly, I guess you know, the fear was what I was left with. In this point in my life, this wasn't this wasn't the plan. At this point in my life, I wanted to be enjoying my life, and and I felt completely out of control. So, I think, uh, yeah, uh, I know God was carrying me, and I know God never let go of me during that time. But it was really hard, and I actually, I think the juxtaposition of the grief and the loss and the fear and the reject, it was it was overwhelming for me. And I really, I, I know I talked to God a lot and said, God, I'm, I'm, I think I'm ready for heaven. Earth is just so hard at the moment. I didn't didn't think I could walk through it, but. Um, you know, God was gracious, and um, yeah, I just had to keep pressing in. So it was an incredibly uh, dark time. So, I mean, we're not we're not immune from this sort of stuff, are we? I mean, you like to think that maybe we might get away with it, but there's certainly no guarantees, are there? And we, then when we find ourselves in these positions, we're just kind of knocked for a six because you don't see it coming. So, what what was your interaction with God like during those times? these really dark times when you, you don't know whether you're up or down or whether you're Arthur or Martha, you know, what, what's your interaction with God like during those times? Yeah, I, I think there was uh, two levels of that. Underlying, I really felt, you know, um, close to God. I felt his um, peace. And so uh, we were solid in terms of faith and, and, and a relationship. But um, those first few months, I spent most of my time just crying out to God, you know, finding verses that, you know, say uh, things like, God is a very present help in trouble, you know, and, and saying to and just talking to him, uh, honestly, that like, you know, I'm having trouble getting through today, how am I going to get through tomorrow? Um, and ju- just really just pouring out that, that, that sense of grief, um, just telling him, you know, about my sadness, about shock, about... Yeah, so a lot of it was just cries for help in the first few months. And then after that, um, there was, uh, it was a mix of things, but I decided, you know, I was probably feeling a bit better, a little bit better, a bit stronger, and I started just uh, having times of worship, just, just pushing into him and, and praising him, um, and I started to, to really just seek him. So I wanted to sow in to the future and hope that he talked about. So I'm, I'm grieving on the one hand, I'm crying out to him on the one hand because, you know, the emotions are, are a roller coaster. So you can be, uh, you know, it can be really difficult one moment and then, you know, an hour later, yeah, I'm good to, I'm good to praise God, you know. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I wanted to uh, sow into the future uh, at the same time, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, my interaction with God was... Um, uh, yeah, very much based here through the church and through the support here. Um, let me explain that. I, I, the, the highlight of my week was on Sunday. I knew I could come to church. I knew I could feel the body of Christ. I knew I could be surrounded by people who really, who really cared about me. And, um, and I think um, Jesus spoke to me through so many of you. And you know who you are. You prayed for me. It was a text. It was a kind word. It was a hug. It was a family member. It was just, you know, I might even turn up on your doorstep, you know, but I I felt unconditional love and I felt 
it, it was something beyond what, you know, just sometimes friends can offer. I felt like it was the Holy Spirit speaking through you. And I really felt Jesus through um, my church family here. It was so, so powerful. And I would, I would come and I couldn't even, I could stand, and I, but I couldn't sing. And as a, as, a, as a worshiper, as a worship leader, that was really a strain. I was so, but I could just let the music wash over me. And just, I was just, um, luckily enough, I was receptive to the care that was here. And never underestimate the body of Christ, what that kind word, what that reaching out to someone who's in, the level of pain that I was, it just, it made all the difference for me. So thank you. Yeah, that's, um, that's really powerful, um, what you just said there. I mean, both of you, I mean, Craig, as I've known for, for a while, you know, he, he and God, they track really well together and he's an introvert and so this time alone sort of stuff. But there was a corporate part of that for you too, wasn't there? I mean, you were at Hillsong at the time, yeah. weren't you? And you were getting some pretty good support there as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some pretty good support from those guys. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I needed to be at church every week because of the, there's a real corporate strength and, and if, you, if you're in a crisis, there's no better place to be amongst other Christians. There's a real corporate strength in that and that was really important on, yeah. on Sundays to be there for, uh, you know, I, I wanted to um, show God that I, was, I wanted to trust in him. I, I was going to, you know, the um, make a statement to God that I want to trust him, uh, make a statement to encourage my own faith, I think, as well, and, and to uh, the kids that, that, that you know, that uh, set an example. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting because I, know, I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but sometimes when you're going through stuff, it's really hard to go to church um, because you feel like everyone else is really doing okay and you're the odd person out. Um, and there are times where I've really struggled coming along and uh, but I, once I'm here it's been the best decision I've ever made not that anyone necessarily knows but you like you say it's it's just being here it's a word it's a it's someone just comes up and just gives you a hug or something like that and it just reminds you that you're in a body and it, it really makes a big difference um, so when did things start to shift for you guys and, and what did that look like I think uh, um well, after, after I sold up, I lived with my, one of my daughters and son-in-law for a while. It was good just having a bit of, bit of company around. I could withdraw when I wanted to withdraw. I could have a bit of company when I wanted to. But there, there came a stage, probably after nine or ten months, where I just felt like I'm ready to do the first step of venturing out into the future. <laughs> so um, I, I actually... Uh, so yeah, so I, I, I moved out and, and I just felt like it was, it was a progressive thing rather than, you know, all of a sudden thing, but... Um, just being out there on my own, I just um, uh, I just felt ready to, to start, you know, mixing again in the in the world. I uh, decided to try online dating after a bit over a year, and uh, I knew nothing about online dating. Uh, clearly, uh, uh, back in 1985, when I first got married, uh, <laughs> no one knew what online dating was. And in, t in true analytical fashion of mine, I had to study everything about it and how does this work and what are you supposed to say, you know? What are they supposed to say? And all that sort of stuff. Um, and, I, and I put the, the toe in the water, but it, um, it, was, it was quite challenging, actually, because um, you realise that you're perhaps not quite ready for it the first time and so you have a draw for a month and come back in and a little more ready, a little more ready, you know? It was a progressive uh, thing for me to just... Gradually make you know small steps forward. I thought I was always more ready than you know to move on than 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 I really was. You know. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, 
I was the opposite. I thought online dating was just a horrible thought. And my, my two daughters who supported me through this, uh, so much through this whole thing, uh, my older one decided that it was a good idea for me. So she found a photo and she wrote a profile and she put me on one of the sites. And she said, Mum, I've answered the questions the way I think you should have answered them. And she goes, people are already waving at you. And I'm like, oh, no, get rid of it, take it off. I, I, I just wasn't ready for that yet. Um, and my other daughter was sort of trying to coach me, and I, I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to. I said, do I give people my business card? And she goes, Mom. And she, she did a lot of this. <laughs> Mom. Mom. <laughs> but um, and I, I still, at that time, I think I was still in that zone. I was still, I was still trying to do a deal with God. I was still trying to push my agenda. I was uh, Mark, Mark 11, 24. God, we're going to move this mountain. We're going to get reconciliation. Come on, God. I want this to happen. I want... I want reconciliation. I, I hadn't really come to terms with it. I was still pushing my agenda, and God, God was answering my prayers. He just wasn't giving me the answer I thought He would. So it was all. I was still very much in that time of of trying to push my agenda with God, and God saying, "Look, I think I know what's best for you." Yeah. So you're pushing one way, and God's trying to take you another way. So where where was a pivotal point in this for you guys? Like where where did a shift start to occur? Uh, yeah, maybe I'll start. But yeah, yeah, for me, it was that realization of, of God, you know, all the, God, the answer keeps being no. So maybe I should listen to God. And maybe all of these no's and every, every door that I thought was open would be closed. And, and I just thought, no, God, I'm just going to have to sit and wait on you. And yeah, I don't know. I think one of my counselors challenged me at, at the, that I was seeing at the time and said, you know, what are you pushing for? Why do you, why do you want this so badly? What's so important about it? And it was then that I started to, um, yeah, through that, it made me start to shift from I'm on an agenda to get this outcome that I want to sort of stop and think, well, what's my relationship with God? And who am I in Christ? Um, you know, I'm a daughter of the Most High God. I'm a daughter of the King. I'm a princess to kind of claim my try and reclaim my self-worth in all of this mess that I found myself in and pushing in. And like Romans 8, 17, we're all heirs of Christ. And I had to re, I had to suddenly put this agenda aside and then just come to God and sort of realize, you know, who I was in him and try and rebuild. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, uh, God had been talking to me during that online period and I just didn't want to know about it. But... Um, saying that, uh, would you be okay if, if you never found another partner? Would you be okay to live your life single? And the, and the thought was just horrible to me. You know, I, I needed to find somebody else at some stage. You know, so, let's say, a little bit desperate, maybe. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and God was just chipping away at me while I'm having, having this experience and not, and not you know, finding somebody that, you know, uh, that was, um, that you know, seemed special to me. So... Uh, eventually, I was I was actually on a conference and, um, and during the day and uh, and at night I'm just alone in the hotel room and I thought oh, I'm, I'm going to just have a you know praise and prayer time with God and I just did that and then something happened where that just it just really changed where right in, in the in, in deep in my soul I just was able to say to God yeah I will be okay I will be okay if I never meet anybody else again not my preference but I will be okay. And that made a huge difference because now I'm from a position of strength, you know, there's things that, you, that, that I felt were, that I really wanted to um, 
you know, that were not negotiables for me, you know, someone who has a, you know, a strong faith in Christ, someone who's, you know, a, a godly character, things like that. And you're in a position to stick to that um, when, when you, you know, I, I'm a, I'll be okay on my own. So it's going to have to be someone super special to be with. Yeah. Mm. So what happened after, the, after that for uh, both of you? What, what happened after, after you both got to that point of going, I'm just going to stop pushing this and leave it with God? What happened after that? Yeah. So I've um, uh, just forgotten which way around we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yes. Well, see, I, um, I met Kathy here, but I wasn't even here at this uh, church. Um, when I originally moved, I wanted to move to Rouse Hill, and God just blocked that. I really wanted to move, you know, to Rouse Hill. And he said, no, come to Castle Hill. Oh, okay. And then I was here for a, a few months at Castle Hill, and he said, uh, one Sunday morning I just woke up, and I'd, I'd been thinking of coming here because I knew Adrian and Heather and and some other people, and, and I just thought you know, I'd come for a visit, you know, but I hadn't got around to it, you know. So uh, it just one morning just says, you know, I want you to go to Restore today, you know. So I go there and, um, you know, over a period of time I start to uh, feel like this is home. Um, so I, I moved here as a, my uh, spiritual home. And then uh, when the next year started, beginning of 2018, I thought, I, I need to be in a home group. So I uh, asked to go into a home group. And when I got into the home group, I just looked around and there's a couple, a couple, a couple, a couple, Kathy and me. Yeah, <laughs> a setup, a setup. <laughs> and when Craig was telling his story, I couldn't look at anyone because I felt all the eyes <laughs> roll, roll my way, just, just looked straight ahead. But, um, and I'd already seen, I'd seen Craig in church, and I'd seen him worship, and I, you know, he, I could see his heart for God, the way he worships in church, and he already had my heart at that point, anyone that loved God the way he did, and so he already had my heart, so, um, yeah. So, because you both, I remember talking to you both, and you both had quite, um, quite a detailed position description didn't you, for the person you wanted to fill this role, you know. There were some very heavy essential criteria for the sort of people you were looking for um, and it hadn't sort of worked out that way. So how did this kind of, how did this evolve? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, the, I think we, we first met, um, I think you should tell the story, but over through the window. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was first. Said, yeah, I saw Craig was in the kitchen and I came up to the kitchen and said hello and Heather was there and introduced us and... And yeah, we, there was a lot of smiling, and from Heather there was a lot of nodding. <laughs> my, my wife, the matchmaker. Yeah. <laughs> and then, hashtag matchmaker. And then there was um, one time I was uh, yeah, talking to you after church. Yeah. You wanted, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we were just having coffee after church, and we were having a chat. And she mentioned she really likes the beach, and I said, oh, I really like going to the beach. So, And she said, oh, well, we should do that together sometime. I said, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, uh, just give me your phone number and I'll, I'll give you a call. And at that point, she just went into shock. <laughs> and then she bent down and rummaging around the handbag and I'm thinking, oh dear, I have misread this situation. <laughs> I've, I've got to bail out. Oh, well, you know, we can catch up another Sunday, you know, I can get the phone number then. You know, like, try and, trying to bail out of this because I thought I, I've, I've misread the situation. But actually, it was back to back to the. You remember when my daughter did this? I was looking for my business card. You know, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. And uh, you know, my daughter. And then I remember 
Mum, just talk to him. Okay, so uh, anyway, long story short, I gave him the number and we did go, we did go out. So. Hashtag awkward, okay. So, so that was your business card with Kathy Morton, PhD on it, right? <laughs> yeah? Maybe. Was that? Maybe. Yeah, that was to impress, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I asked her, just on a coffee date and see how that goes. And... Um, uh, and then uh, it, was, it was late in the day um, and so she says, oh, how about we have a meal? So my radar's up immediately, oh, I'm switching it already, uh, just, I, better, I better just keep that, tuck that in my mind. And uh, we just started uh, talking but because um, I'm so analytical and, and I got used to online having a profile because you have to read their profile, you have to study it, you can ask any questions you want to, you know, online. Uh, I've got nothing. All of a sudden, I'm back to this, you know, old school way of dating. A I don't know anything. A conversation. About. Yeah, yeah. I've got to have yeah. a conversation. Yeah. Except it wasn't really a conversation. Perhaps more like a interrogation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think finally I said, "What job am I, have I applied for?" Re really, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> there were a lot of questions, <laughs> but it was okay. So what? We got through it. How did you know? Because you'd both been praying about this. You'd both let go. And you sense God leading in this, but how did you kind of know this is where God was leading you to? What was the kind of pivotal point for you in that? Yeah. Well, well that was a bit weird because we, we, we went out and then on a couple of dates and one of those, you know, wanted to hold a hand and I was ready to be romantic and God's saying no. And I'm going, what? You know, like, uh, this is going well, you know, why wouldn't I want to do that? Um, so I'm having this running conversation with God and saying like, you know, I want to do this, you know, why are you blocking me um, while we're on the date, you know. So, so in the end I just relented and oh, okay, I suppose you know best. You know. Um, <laughs> so, so I didn't do it and the next time we saw each other I said, oh, because, of, because of that I said, perhaps we should just slow things down a little bit, you know. Yeah, uh, it was a little bit stronger than that. <laughs> and I thought, I, I didn't know what was happening when you said that, to be honest. I felt, um, I thought, you know, I remember asking God, you know, I, I thought, yeah, like you, I thought this was right. And I, I, I felt those feelings of rejection coming in. So I kind of felt, I felt a bit lost after that. And I didn't know what to do. And um, I felt God, sometimes God speaks to me, sometimes it's an image. So he showed me this uh, image of um, an opal. It was in a shop, one of the pale white ones. It had big flecks of color. But when the light came in and hit it, suddenly it sparkled. And people were drawn to the, you could suddenly see all the color in it. But it was because the light was shining in. And I felt like God was saying to me, just rest in me. Let my light shine through you. You don't have to do anything except be with me and let my light shines through you. A bit like in, I think it's Psalm 34, where David said, I sought the Lord and he answered me. You know, he, he calmed my fears and, and they turned their faces toward him and they were radiant. So when you're seeking God and just, there was, out, there was you know, there, I had no control over it. I just had to rest and trust God. Yeah, I, I found that very difficult, by the way, saying that, because I would have been really disappointed if it ended there. But uh, a few weeks later, we, we, we went out on a date and we just had this incredible connection that was much deeper than just holding hand. It was a, a real spiritual connection. We'd just gone out for, for lunch after church and we were just completely unaware of time. We were just enjoying each other's company. 
until the people were putting the broom under our feet and saying, oh, you need to go, I want to clean this place up. And, and so, so just it, it, God took it to a stronger, deeper level and, and, and the wisdom of God not jumping in straight away, you know, it, it turned, out to be, turned out to be right. Yeah. yeah, and another thing I forgot to mention was that the timing wouldn't have been right then. I mean, God... God was right. I, there were still a lot of practical things I needed to do. There was, you know, I, hadn't, I didn't have the closure, I don't think, at that moment in time to be at the exact right place. So I think, yeah, it was, again, an example of God's timing was best, yeah. And I married them last year, so it worked out okay. So... Um, There's a bit... <laughs> what's that? <laughs> but I just want to add a bit in, in between those. Yeah, yeah, go uh, Yeah. But, um, yeah, we, uh, yeah, so the things, you know, grew from there. But we, uh, was, I just wanted to have this final confirmation from God before uh, we, because we're after things of, you know, character and, and faith in, in others, and it takes a while to, in each other, it takes a while to, to know that. It's not just as simple as asking, you know, are you a Christian? Do you go to church? And we've got our answers. But uh, I felt like all that was in place. And I, um, I just felt like I just needed that final confirmation before we actually went romantic. We were doing all this, just, just building into each other. And, um, and I, I was worshipping here, and God just went, Kathy, 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 in front of my face, like, oh, I'll take that as a yes, you know. <laughs> and from the time that we started to be romantic, I was thinking about proposing nine weeks later. It just really took off because we'd already built the foundation and, of, of the important things in life, yeah. That's awesome. Although God interrupts worship, that's a bit off, but anyway. <laughs> um, so listen, guys, so, it, you know, we, we've given a, a kind of condensed view, which is really hard to capture the very long period that you both went through where it was pretty bleak and it was very difficult and you didn't know which where this was all going to end up, you know, and I hope people can appreciate that this is a condensed version of that story. But, so what would you like to share with people today who might be, in not, I mean, not going through exactly the same thing, but, but they're in a position where it's dark, things that they want to happen are not happening, they're wondering if it's ever going to happen, you know, like what, what, would, you, what would you say to people about, what, what would you share with them based on your own experience? And I, I guess, yeah, it's, it's hard. There's no, there's no easy answer when you're in that time. You just have to walk through it. But for me, it was about learning to rest in God, to be, get to the place where I could feel his love and let his peace surround me. And when I got to that place, then it sort of changed my perspective a little bit. The outcome didn't matter as much. So the focus wasn't necessarily on an outcome, but it was about me being in that right place with God and feeling his peace. And I, I guess I had to take it one day at a time to know that he gives us our daily bread one day at a time, not to look beyond that. Sometimes one hour at a time, sometimes one minute at a time. And to certainly reach out for support. Like I couldn't have done it without all my beautiful friends here at church and uh, reach out and don't be shy, do what you need to do to, to share the burden. Yes, I agree with that. You've got to, you've got to reach out and, and be able to share the burden with someone. Even, even an introvert like me needs to do that. So I'd say everybody else needs to do that. But um, I think also it, it pays to just to, uh, our, to realise that our perspective gets distorted when, when things aren't going well. We, we feel like it'll never end. Uh, 
I can remember thinking, you know, I was married for 30 years, seems like five, and all of a sudden I'm in this situation. And the, the, the timing before I, I met Kathy was about two years, but I can tell you it felt like 10. You know, so, and there's periods there where I seem to be going up and down in the same spot for six months, but because of the brevity, you, you, you don't see that. So I guess I'd just say, uh, don't be discouraged if you, you have a period where you just feel like you're going up and down in the same spot. Um, because we, we have this perspective that this, this is going to go on and on and on and on forever, but it, it, it won't. At some stage, um, you will be able to get through it. And the other thing I'd point out is we're often looking for the light at the end of the tunnel, but as Christians, we have the light inside us. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. So there is a light in the tunnel. So God is there to comfort us, to give us hope, to, to help us, to... Um, give us peace, he's uh, ministering to us. And, and then the more that you can um, just be aware of that, the more you, you know, pray to him, do, do whatever you need to do to connect to him, the, the more you'll start to experience that. And it then becomes more of a, you see it more as a journey rather than this is just a dark place that, you know, I'm not going to get out of a journey to a, another place, a, a brighter place, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much, guys. Thank you for being willing to share that. Um, it's a really encouraging story, um, and I hope people were encouraged by that. Um, can I just pray for you guys before we finish? Okay. Father, thanks for this story we heard today. Thanks for Craig and Kathy and their vulnerability and their willingness to be able to share this. Lord, you know how dark and difficult it was for them. But, Lord, their faith in you, they're just their, their fundamental belief that you are good and you are kind and that you had them in this is what has really shone through. And I thank you, God, there has been this outcome for them and we just pray a blessing over them. And today, Lord, I just pray for all of us that we would hear that message loud and clear, that we matter to you, all of us matter to you. Every hair on our head is numbered. The things that we desire, the things that are on our heart, Lord God, they matter to you. And you know when we're heartbroken, you know when we're struggling about these things, you're not indifferent to it. So God, I would pray that um, you would speak encouragement to anyone here today who needs to hear this word. Uh, people who are, are wondering if, if, you know, is this ever going to change, is this ever going to happen? Lord, um, remind them that you are the God of the impossible. And even though things on the surface may seem to be saying one thing, nothing is impossible for you. So we thank you, God, not just for your care, but for your ability to work good things out of difficult, even dark things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks very much, guys.